Let's continue that began last week on obedience to the heavenly vision, going in a certain direction. Again, I say we are going to speak some things about different aspects of this ministry. And this in Acts chapter 26, verse 19 and 20, Apostle Paul is speaking to King Agrippa in the presence of Festus, who was the governor. Then he's a, uh, he's a, a Roman, and this man, Agrippa, was, a, was actually an, a great-grandchild of uh, Herod the Great. Therefore, King Agrippa, after having explained about his conversion, he says, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Say, I'm not disobedient to the heavenly vision. And then what follows next, but declared. When you receive vision, you'll speak it. You declare it. First to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea. And then to the Gentiles that they should repent as the message. Repent, change your way of thinking, turn to God and do works befitting repentance. And I then I said when you're dealing with God, you're dealing with purpose. Anytime you deal with God, you are dealing with purpose. He's a God of purpose. God is a God of purpose. Let me ask you a question. How different will you live on this earth if you knew this is your last day or last week on earth? Maybe before you somehow, if it's a rapture coming in or even if before death, how different will you live? I want you to think about how different will you live? Do you think you'll be thinking about your plots? Huh? You won't be thinking even taking a trip to Dubai. You'll be more concerned with your preparedness. Am I really prepared to live? Uh, to leave this realm and go into eternal realm. Now, we ought to have those questions in our hearts regularly and live different. Remember, I said, though, though living on earth, you have access to heaven. We live on this earth, but you have access to heaven. And when you receive heavenly vision, you'll no longer live for yourself, but for God's purposes. When you've heard, you've known that you've received a heavenly vision, it changes you. You'll no longer be living for yourself. You'll be living for God's purpose. Again, I say that in the Christian uh, community, many times people think as if uh, we're in a democratic kingdom. I mean a democratic party or something like that, or system. No, God, in God, is a kingdom. And a kingdom has a king, and his word has power. And all what it takes on our part is total submission to his will. And when we receive his word, when we receive his vision, we know what we are supposed to do, we change. It changes us. You realize your life is all about his will. All about his will, not your will anymore. I remember when God called me in 1997 
uh, into full-time ministry. I, was, I wanted a different path. I wanted to work in a bank. I wanted to go, go, you know, go that finance area. Uh, that, that's really what I, des- I desired to do. But then he told me on, on, on 1st of September, 1997, he told me, you've been wanting to work in a, you've been looking for employment. Do it no more. Stay in my house. That's where your blessings are. So those who are planted in the house, if you read that scripture, think about me. I've been in that in the house of the Lord from 19, that 1997. After that, I ceased looking for any employment because I realized my purpose. What did that do to me? Uh, what, what did uh, what spoke to me do to me? It changed me. It changed my perspective. That's another thing that I'm going to tell you. When you hear God and you know He's leading you in a certain direction, your perspective changes. It changed my perspective. You become separated from the world unto God. There are places I can go. Completely. There are activities I can participate. Why is that so? Because I have a call of God to fulfill. There are good things that you say you are doing them on Sunday morning or, or Saturday evening. I won't go. I had a certain man recently inviting me for a Good, good function. And he sent me, he said, Pastor, I want you to come. It's a wonderful uh, brother of, of uh, Indian, Indian uh, what? Descent. Is that the word? Descent. And a born again. He's a born again believer. He told me, Pastor, I really want you to come. When is it happening? On Saturday evening, he sent me a, uh, a WhatsApp message. On Saturday evening, I said, man, I would have wanted to come, but I'm a pastor. On Saturday, I'm getting myself ready for the Sunday service. That's my priority. What about if you had something on 10, uh, 10.30 and you are giving gold? I'll be here. You can bring my gold here. But I will not come. Why is that so? I'm committed. I'm committed. The call of God is what consumes me. Now you may think just because I'm a pastor... But you are a believer. You are called to do something by God. You have a heavenly vision. God has given that to you. You get, you separated yourself from, from the world unto God. Remember what I told you last week. What is it that separates us from the spirit of the, of the world? Is his word. His word is a separator. Sanctify, which is separate them by your word because your, your word is truth, or the truth is the word of God. It separates us from the world system. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, I'll go a bit faster here because of time, but Galatians 1, 3 and 4, uh, 3 and 4, it says this, Grace to you and peace from God the Father and of our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins. Are you seeing that? who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age. According to the will of our God and Father. But what did he do? Did he do? He gave himself for our sins that he may deliver us from this present evil age. 
How do you get delivered? It's through the word. It's through the word. The word is the separator. If we don't renew our minds, our spirits may be born again, but we'll never experience the fullness of what God has in store for us. The word is the separator. We must allow the word of God to change us. He gave himself for our sins that he may deliver us from this present evil age. We are of the world, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. Though we live in the world, we are not of the world. Therefore, how do you, are we separated from the world system? A way of thinking through the word of God. We take the word of God, we live by it, we have results. Even if there is famine, God says, I'll provide for my people. Look at Titus 2, 11 to 14, the Passion Translation. Titus says this, for the grace of God that brings, come on now, for God's marvelous grace has manifested in person. Who's that person? Jesus. Bringing salvation for everyone. Are all saved? By the way, there is also some, some people who believe that all are saved. Every human being is saved because Jesus died, everyone is saved. That's a lie. That's not the truth. Look at this. They bring in salvation for everyone. This same grace teaches us how to live each day as we turn our backs on ungodliness and indulgent lifestyles and equips us to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. Don't go further than that. This grace does what? Teach us. So we have received the grace of God. That ought to teach us how to live. Now this is not a testimony of everyone, but, but let me give you an example of myself. Really, I didn't, uh, before I gave my life to Christ, I didn't care what you thought about smoking, cigarettes, I'll smoked. I didn't care what you thought. I didn't care what you thought about alcohol, I'll drink. That's, the way, that's how deceived I was. So smoking was fine to me. I couldn't understand why you live on, in this world without a cigarette, without, without drinking alcohol. How are you going to live? That's the way I thought. I was deceived. It was our culture. I tell people it was, it was such a culture to us that if my brothers and my dad are talking and you went like, let's say I've been to, you say an example that time. Oh, you know, I was in Nakuru town. Oh, you stayed there for how many? I, I stayed there for the day and, and I left the following day. Oh, did you go those, those many years? Did you go to Coco Savannah nightclub? It's a nice club. Those who are, who are who know, in New Coco Savannah. Anyone in New Coco Savannah then? Oh my God. Why? Why do you know Coco Savannah? <laughs> <laughs> but among others, God just delivered me, just renewed my mind. But, but that was something. You know, first thing, first Coco Savannah. And, and I thought that was a thing to do. While Tina. She exposed to the word of God, salvation, not so much of the word of God, but at least salvation. She couldn't imagine of drinking or smoking or sleeping around. 
That was not an imaginable, uh, that was not even a thought to her. Well, for me, it was my culture. But look at this. When I gave my life to Christ, you couldn't have told me not to drink. I knew inside of me that was not me anymore. I didn't know the scripture was a new creation, but listen to this. I knew that was over. I remember going back to my, to my home. Uh, that was 17th June, 1996 in the evening, Monday evening. And I told my mom, mom, I've received the Lord Jesus Christ. My mom looked at me. She said, I can see you have. She wasn't born as, again herself. Then I went to the sitting room. Now I had tears in my eyes. I went to the sitting room. I found my dad drinking uh, alcohol, not water, alcohol. <laughs> and then I said, dad, I've given my life to Christ. And I'm just, I was sorry for everything that I really had done. He looked at me and said, Davis, you are drunk. <laughs> Come have some more. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's, that was our culture. I'm telling you that. That's what he told me. Davis, you are drunk. Come have some more. I told him, Dad, I will never touch that alcohol for the rest of my life. I will never touch that alcohol. This is few hours late after my salvation. I was telling Dr. Salim Cole and his wife yesterday that I, I, had, I had two cigarettes, sportsman, in my pocket. When I was about to be prayed for, I removed from my pocket, I gave it to the husband of the one who was going to pray for me. Because that guy was not born again. He got born again recently, actually, many years later. I gave to him, I told him, Naingia pa kwa maombi kanazi. At least I had some sense I was not going to enter in with some cigarettes. I'd been drinking the night before. Then listen to this. My mom had retired and she had a small kiosk. She sold cigarettes. And sold all other things, but she had cigarettes also in her, in her stock. And she had sent me, she had told me, when you go there, please take some, some we need some cigarettes, you know, for selling. So buy them in wholesale and bring them. And I gave my life to Christ around 12.30. I was going through that small town, uh, you know, small town, where they had a wholesale shop. I gave my auntie a testimony. I found out they had given my life to Christ. I told also my cousin that had given my life to Christ. Inside of me, I knew I was not going to buy cigarettes to take to my mom in that kiosk, for that kiosk. I went and I told mom I couldn't buy cigarettes. I'm born again now. That's the guy who had cigarettes. Just before he was giving, he went for prayers. I'd given those uh, cigarettes to, to, to the husband of the woman who prayed for me. Listen to this. I, I, sometimes I don't understand when, when believers keep going to the same thing, same thing. I believe they are refusing for the grace of God to teach them. Now, you know I help, really. If you know at all, I help people. I've prayed for people addicted to every kind, different kind of addictions, and God's setting them free. But you have to allow the grace of God to teach you. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to teach you. We will not walk around with you. You have to allow him to teach you. Listen to this. To live each day as we turn our backs on ungodliness and indulgent lifestyles. And equip us to live self-control. Say self-control. Self 
That's another thing in the Christian society, kingdom, I mean uh, uh, community. People don't want to be self-controlled. Have you ever heard it being said that uh, Christians get born again, then they are no longer drinking alcohol, but their alcohol becomes food. You know the glutton is a spirit? Oh, he's seen before God, you know that? Oh, you are quiet. Mi wana kula tu kila kitu. Kwa nwe nguruwe? You, you, you understand? That, that's, not, that's not right. Listen, we have a self-controlled life. And where is that now? Okay? Uh, to live, uh, live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. Go, Father, please. In this present age. For we continue to look forward to the joyful fulfillment of our hope in the dawning splendor of the glory of, of our great God and Savior, Jesus the anointed one, go Father. He says this, he sacrificed himself for us that he may purchase our freedom. Christianity is freedom. Purchase our freedom from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people who are his very own, passionate to do what is beautiful in his eyes. Oh, you missed a place to say amen right there. Passionate to do what is beautiful in his eyes. Who are we? We are purchased, he purchased our freedom from every lawless deed and purify. That's the word that again believers don't want to hear in this generation. Purity. Christianity is purity. Living a pure life. Living a pure life. Oh, but it's a little bit here and there. No, no, no. Pure is pure. Will you eat, uh, will you drink milk if I told you that I've put a little poison in it? Answer me. It's very little. It's poison, but it's very little. But, but believers want that. Purity is purity. It has no impurity. <laughs> Spirit, and that's that's how we should be in our lives, in our homes. That there are words that Tina and I cannot speak to each other, even if you are two of us. They're impure, they're unclean, they defile you. Can I say another one? There are movies as a believer you, you are not supposed to watch. Tina and I were watching the other, uh, I was so tired on, on Thursday evening, and and then uh, our little Tina had gone, taken her to my sister because of the couple's events on, Saturday, on Friday and Saturday. So I said, oh my goodness. Uh, saw a certain uh, BBC uh, program that Tina and I used to watch. It's called Escape to the Country. And we'll watch Tina and I will watch it, you know, just enjoy it. So we thought, I told Tina, my goodness, since li this little girl came, she changed our lives. There are things we used to do we don't do because of our... I'll tell her when she grows up. You came to change our lives. We started sacrificing things that we enjoyed be doing. So I said, let's watch a little bit of that. Then we started watching. It just in the beginning. Then he says, uh, 
uh, you know, escape to the country. That means like an example like you're, you've been living in Nairobi, then now you go to live like Ilimuru, those areas. You know, just the countryside. Wonderful. And you know how the British um, land is beautiful. Oh my goodness. And there are homes, there are houses. Not like the village you think of. In fact, you think that's a village? I can live there. It's wonderful. So then, uh, so we, we started watching, and then the presenter, we know her. You know, we've watched her so many times. We know of her because of watching the program. Then he com- she comes and he said, uh, uh, I don't remember, but it was Nikki maybe and someone, and Chris, I'm giving just those words. He says, uh, Nikki, uh, no, not Nikki, Chris, like let's say John, I'm giving you an example. Uh, John and her husband, Chris, have been married for 26 years. I said, honey, did I hear that? Are those brothers? <laughs> I wound up. I told her, just reverse it a little bit. Uh, John and her husband, huh? Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, he's, sorry, sorry. Yeah, John, you see, it's so confusing that you can say. You, you understand? You, you understand? That's how confusing it is. Yeah, John, yeah, you're right. John and his husband have been married for 26 years. I said, bye. <laughs> I wanted to watch you homes, beautiful houses. I can't watch anymore. Because of that juggle, that confusion. That's terrible. Listen, we must turn our backs from lawlessness that is in this world. Turn our backs from that lawlessness. I don't care what they are going to say. God, you cannot redefine creation. God created a man and a woman. The vision of God changes your perspective. I already say that. You put on heavenly perspective. It changes your pursuit completely. Church, it changes you. When you receive the word from God, you know this is what you're supposed to do. It changes everything, your pursuit. You view things differently. You will follow after things that have eternal significance. You want things that have eternal significance. There are things, again, we can participate. They may be good, but I can't participate in them. What Do they have any eternal significance? How is that going to help me in doing what God has called us to do? That's the same thing in victory faith. What we are doing, we do us unto the Lord. Everything. And sometimes you do something so good and you know God has told you to do it. But people change. But you know what? If you did it for the Lord, you did it for the Lord. I remember recently asking the Lord something. Of a certain individual we're helping, spend quite some money helping that individual as a ministry. And then uh, they changed. So because they changed, we had to make some changes too. You know, you can, the Bible says this, if you are unfaithful, God remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. You know, that's what's saying 1 Timothy. It doesn't change. So anyway, 
So, but, but it grieved my heart. Pastor Carl and I talked and agreed. It just grieved my heart so much. I thought like, why, am I, why are we doing this? I know it's the right thing to do, but it's just grieving my heart. Listen to what the Lord spoke to me. The spirit of the Lord spoke to me. Say this. Davis, do you know how much it costed me to deliver the children of Israel from captivity? Mm, I don't know. But definitely it was a huge. It was huge to deliver those people from, the children, uh, from, from Egypt, their captivity. My plan for them was to take them to the promised land. They chose their own plan. Then you need to understand people have a will. Even if my, my plan, even though my plan is good for them, they have the, the, the power to choose whatever they choose. That removed everybody in my heart concerned in that situation. You must make choices that will honor God. You must make those choices on a daily basis that will honor God. So you'll follow after things that have eternal significance when you know that God has called you. Let's go to Philippians 3. I don't think I'll go to the end of things that I wanted to say. Let me see where we reach. In Philippians 3, I expected by this, now, this time to be raining. But have you realized how words of men also change? We're expecting El Nino by September. We'll have El Nino. El Nino is right here. We need to release funds for this El Nino. Okay. Funds are released. You remove uh, a little bit dirt from uh, the trenches. Funds have been released. Okay, we waited September. By the first week of October, El Nino is, is big, is huge. The, okay, fine. There's a climatic change. Then... Today is 22nd of October. It's coming, it not, may not be to the magnitude of 1997, but it's sure it's coming. It will be more, more than, I don't know what they call it, what? Anyway. I have one who's in heaven. He's the one we believe. Today is 22nd, we don't have, I really expected for it to rain. And you know what? I don't want it to rain now until we finish our borehole in Masabit. We're looking forward to going there in the first week of November. That will be actual what? Next week or? Yeah, because today's next week. So I'm looking forward to it. So if it rains anywhere, not around Masabit until we finish our work. Especially our, the roads, the place we are going to do the work, we want it not to rain. But it's amazing. The walls of men change. Completely. But we have the eternal one whose word does not change. Praise God. Philippians 3, quickly. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have attained this. Instead, I am single-minded. Say single-minded. <laughs> you, you know, single-minded is purpose. Not here, there's nothing with single, single or married. Okay? I'm single-minded, forgetting the things that are behind and reaching out to the things that are ahead. Go forward. With this goal in mind, 
I strive. There's a work that you are supposed to do. I strive toward the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That word upward call is the heavenly calling of God. He says, this is what I do. I forget about the past. And I have, I strive toward the price of the upward goal of God in Christ Jesus. Though living in this world, we have eternal realities with us. And what we do while we are still in this flesh also shows us the kind of eternal life we're going to be, uh, where we're going to be in all eternity. There he was, the Bible talks about crown of righteousness or crown of life. So we are born again, we have eternal rewards. Now listen to this from the Amplified Classic Version. Verse 14 says this, I press on toward the goal to win, to win. Are you seeing winning? To win the supreme and heavenly prize. Where is he living when he's doing that? On earth. So that means, though we are living on this earth, we have to be conscious of the realm, the eternal realm of God, or the heavenly realm of God. Because whatever we do in the flesh has eternal significance. Whatever we do in this flesh has eternal significance. You know, you may come, you know, prayed for, and you just say, Jesus, come into my heart. It's so simple. It's so simple. Yet, what you have rescued from by just that utterance is amazing. We will know in all eternity that was worth doing it. What about the one that re rejected Jesus? Oh my goodness. What they would have missed out in all eternity is unimaginable. There is heaven and there is hell. The way to heaven is Christ Jesus. The way to hell is refusing Christ Jesus. It's called a supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. So we are being called where? Upward. That's why I like saying come up higher. We are called upward. I, I keep saying this over the years. I say this. Walking with God becomes better. If we are consistent in our walk with God, our life becomes better and better and better. In other words, I see you in the future. And you look much better than you do right now. Uh, you didn't, let's see. Let me try this other side of the choir. I see you in the future, and you look much better than you do right now. Yeah. All right, let me try this other side. I see you in the future, and you look much better than you do right now. Yeah. That's God. Oh, I heard you. I heard you say, and us here. Okay, let me, let me go over this other side. <laughs> I see you in the future, and you look much better than you do right now. Yeah. That's how it is. It becomes, it gets better and better and better, church in God. That's your future in him. We, 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 we press forward, upward into this, the calling of God. Some few statements here I'm winding up. When you realize that you have a vision, a heavenly vision, your desire will be to know and please him only. You want to please him.
You'll have faith in him because without faith you cannot please him. How does that faith come? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. You'll believe that he is and a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You will be conscious of the truth that though you are on this earth, you are not earthly. Church, you are not. We are in this earth, but you are not earthly. We are born of the Spirit. We are born again. We have a heavenly call. And what we do every day actually affects that call positively or negatively. And then you have an eternal home. Praise God. You have an eternal home. Oh, it's beautiful. I've imagined on that. You have an eternal home. You have, you have heaven, your eternal home. And whatever you do in this earth realm has eternal significance. It has eternal significance. Whatever you do, just walk with that consciousness every day of your life. Think about this. Matthew 25. Matthew 25. Verse 35. 35, verse 6, and then 40. Remember, Jesus said this, judging the nations, and he says this, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. Welcome is judging the nations, and, and that, is, that is judging the nation. He said, welcome to the kingdom of the God our Father pre uh, prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And then he says this. I have to read it. Let me read it, please, so that I do not misquote it. Matthew 25. Let me read some more scriptures there. You're still here? Okay. Only two or three of you? Are you here? Your response also has eternal significance. <laughs> I remember... I remember we used to have our buses here many years ago, uh, bringing people to church and going, being taken home. So I was seated to this uh, lady in the bus. I didn't know her. Uh, I really, when I came to this church, I didn't know anyone. And no one knew me except God. Zero. So mostly I just, you know, I meet with people, start, you know, talking to them and all that. But this young lady, we are together seated in the bus. And then she was quiet. You know the way you, you, you're believers, but you sit in the bus just quiet. And she was so quiet, I think I was reading whatever I was doing. Then I turned to her and I said this. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What are you thinking about? She looked at me and said, is that in the Bible? I said, it is. So your thoughts right now have eternal significance. That's why we take every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. If you say, Pastor, is taking long, God is seeing you. <laughs> you remember the song they say, Toa ndugu toa dada. Ulicho nacho wewe. Bwanana kuona. Mpaka wap? Moyo na nakuona moyo wako na kuona waletia kopia. And even mobile phone account. <laughs> now, now look at this though. It says this. 
Verse 31, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on his throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the gods. All right? He's seated on his throne. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the gods on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now look at this. What follows next? I'm going to all of it. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Do we agree that is day-to-day life? It is. It is day-to-day life. Have you noticed there was nothing there? You came to my party. Come on now. Let's look at the scripture. Have you noticed that you came to my party is not there? Because it doesn't take any effort to come to a party. Don't you think if I said at 10 o'clock at 9.55 next Sunday, will ushers will start giving a, uh, will be tr- giving a check of 999,000 Kenya shillings to everyone who will come between 9.55 and 10 o'clock next Sunday. 29th of, 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 of October. You know what that means. You'll be here on Saturday night. <laughs> you tell the God I came for Kesha. <laughs> Pray the whole night. Lord, let this not fail. He said it, let it happen. There's a time people speak so loud. Now, now look at this. Nothing of that, every comfort, he talks about that which takes something for you to do for someone. It costs you to clothe someone. It costs you to visit someone who's sick. It costs you to visit someone who is in prison. Listen, that's what he's talking about. And look at this, what follows next in verse, verse, verse 40. And the king will answer and say, Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. What does that mean, church? In our day-to-day life, we must be conscious of eternity in God. If I'm doing anything as unto the Lord, there he was. We have a call of God. We have a heavenly vision. We are not just human beings living on this earth. We have a heavenly call. How do you find it? Read the book. Read the book with a prayerful and open heart. What you desire to accomplish, you will do anything for it to be done. Therefore, you need to read the book, you need to read the Bible with an open heart in your pursuit of doing what God has called you to do. It's available. You read it with an open heart. 
One of the scriptures I start my day with almost every day is Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. The Lord revealed that to me many years ago in 1996 actually. The word of God is living and active. It's not a story. It's alive. It has a voice. You'll hear his voice if you read the scriptures with an open heart. He will tell you exactly what you're supposed to do in life. And you'll follow that. Listen, you'll never know happiness when you are living in disobedience. You'll never know happiness in life or joy in life if you are living in obedience. Only living in Christ and for him brings a true satisfaction. Amen? Please stand up on your feet. Now, I, I went through it a bit faster. We'll go into different aspects of it. I want you this week to really ask the Lord and read the scriptures, listening to him, what he wants you to do. Don't just live. <laughs> or let me put it this way. Don't just exist. Live out that abundant life that Christ has in store for you. Do you want fulfillment? On a daily basis, think of doing something good to someone. Every day. Every day. Just think of doing something good to someone. Every day. Every day. Just think that way. What can I do? Think of a stranger. You go meet a stranger. Um, just listen to the Lord. He'll tell you what to do on a daily basis. Encourage you. And you look at, uh, you look at uh, your... Uh, Oh, I say, I have only 500 shillings. You ask the Lord, what am I supposed to do with 500 shillings? He knows what you are supposed to do with it. I will not ask him, will tell me to give it away. That's the problem right there. Because I'm telling you, if you ask him, he'll tell you, sow that seed. <laughs> sow that seed. Give it to someone. On a daily basis, you want to live a fulfilled life, do something to someone. Surprise people. And read the scriptures with an open heart, asking, Lord, I want you really to lead me on a daily basis. Amen. Hallelujah. Can I have a team up, please? And let's all lift up our hands and thank him for his word. Lord, again, there's no one you do not know by their name. You know every heart. It's my prayer, Father, that you may pour out the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. By having the eyes of understanding being enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of your calling. What are the riches of your inheritance in the saints. And what is exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe. According to the working of your mighty power. Which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead. And Father not only did you raise him up. But you've raised us up together with him. And you have made us sit together in the heavenly places. 
Father, may it be so clear in the hearts, the minds of your people concerning the eternal plans of God. You will know peace when you start focusing on what is done for you. The troubled mind and confusion that you've experienced is because of your focus. Because of your focus. You're focusing on earthly, temporal things. Focus on the eternal things, the purposes of God. You will know peace. Father, may there be strength to seek you in their lives. Strength to seek your purposes for each and every person's life. Father, thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen.